Welcome to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast, where we talk about all things health, nutrition, movement, and more. Be sure to talk to your qualified healthcare practitioner before trying any of the things we say. We are not doctors, are you? Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast. We're super excited to have a special guest today. We have Elle Russ with us. She's a writer, health and life coach, and host of the amazing Primal Blueprint podcast. She's quickly becoming the leading voice of thyroid health in the evolutionary health movement, which some of you also know as the ancestral health or the paleo or primal movement. She has a degree in philosophy from the University of California, and she's a certified primal health coach. She wrote The Paleothyroid Solution after consulting with over two dozen endocrinologists, internal medicine specialists, and general practice doctors. But her thyroid condition was only getting worse, and nothing from doctors resembled a solution or even hope. Exasperated and desperate, Elle took control of her health and resolved two severe bouts of hypothyroidism on her own, including an acute reverse T3 problem, which you guys will learn what that is in a little bit. Through a devoted paleo primal lifestyle, intensive personal experimentation, and a radically modified approach to thyroid hormone replacement therapy, she went from fat, foggy, and fatigued to fit, focused, and full of life. Her book is gorgeous, it's beautifully produced, and called The Paleo Thyroid Solution. It dispels outdated conventional thyroid wisdom still practiced by uninformed doctors and provides you with step-by-step in-depth guidance necessary to solve hypothyroidism, achieve amazing vibrant health, and optimize thyroid fat-burning hormone metabolism. Thyroid disease is a huge, huge deal in the world right now, and it only seems like it's getting worse by the year. So we are super excited for this opportunity to have Elle with us. Elle, thank you. Thank you for coming on and welcome. I'm so excited to be here and talk about this because so many people, as you said, it's, it's getting worse every year. Yeah, it seems like it's getting worse every year. And in a selfish way, as your own host of a podcast, you know how exciting it is to have somebody on who knows something about something that you have? (laughs) (laughs) That's true, yes. And I'm like, hey, you know about thyroid health. My whole family has thyroid issues. Super exciting. So tell us a bit about you and your background. How did you become a health educator? Yeah, totally by accident. Nothing was ever intended. I actually, you know, writer, actor in Los Angeles to pursue those goals uh, was at the time going out for about, you know, 13 years ago was going out for all of the leading lady roles and all of that. I really fit the mold of what that should look like. And then one day I just got my period when I shouldn't have and then kind of kept getting it. And just couldn't stop bleeding, and that was weird. I had never had any issues my whole life, and I was 30 years old at the time. I'm 43 now. And um, then I just started to get fat and bloated, and my hair started to fall out, and I started to get acne, and it progressed and progressed. And every doctor I went to uh, was taking the wrong blood work, told me my thyroid was fine, and that I should just eat less and work out more. But I was, at that point, working out two-plus hours a day, eating uh, you know, 800 to 1,100 calories, and I was still getting extremely fat and thick, like by the minute. Mm. And it's a really horrific thing when you have zero control over your body, and at the same time, when you are trying your ass off to do whatever you can, and it's not working. And so that that started the whole what is wrong with me. And at first, uh, the doctors just gave me birth control pills again, just putting a Band-Aid on the symptom. No one ever asked. And by the way, I didn't either. No one ever asked what would make this 30 year old in perfect health, perfect gynecological history, perfect family gynecological history. Why is she all of a sudden just bleeding and then bleeding through these birth control pills? We have to keep giving. Nobody, because they were testing my thyroid wrong, they ruled it out, and I didn't ask the questions. I trusted my doctor, and there's the number one problem right there. So, you know, I learned a lot, and um, ultimately what happened was, is, and we'll definitely go through the details if you'd like, but I um, got to a point where I had spent over $15,000 on a variety of very expensive hormone doctors in L.A. Like, for example, just for one appointment, $600. That doesn't even include the blood work. Um 
and and then you know they they're busy and they can't see you and the bottom line is is that i was broke and defeated i had gone to 20 plus doctors for the first round of hypothyroidism no one was willing to help me they didn't know what they were doing they were hurting me not helping me and um i knew that if i wanted to live and you know not get more diseases that i kind of became riddled with while i was hypothyroid i had to take it in my own hands very scary place to be I have a philosophy degree, not a medical degree. So, you know, um, but I did, and I was successful. And then it happened to me again where I got an even more rare form of hypothyroidism called reverse T3 hypothyroidism, which is on the rise, actually, and even more doctors don't know how to treat that. So the second, so seven years later, after I was doing great, uh, seven years later, the thyroid hormones I was taking started to fail me, and... Um, I was left alone again and again had to literally be my own doctor, dose myself, take my own blood work, and it worked. So here I am. <laughs> so what, I an, a book about it. what an incredible work, you know, fighting for your life. And then literally, and, because you are slowly dying when you have hypothyroidism. Yeah, really. Just really holding on and fighting for your life and doing it from a place where you didn't have the help that you needed but also, you know, you weren't in the best health to fight for your life either. So what an incredible achievement and how great that, you know, that also inspired you to help others. And just looking at the reviews on Amazon of your book, wow, well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, it's really nice to hear from people all over the world who, you know, somehow my book helped or touched them or helped them get on the right path or figure out a missing link to this, this issue. And by the way, completely solvable. Okay, everyone out there, thyroid issues are completely solvable. Do not let anyone, doctor or otherwise, tell you that you're always going to suffer from X just because you have this. Essentially, I'm on thyroid hormone, and when you're optimized, then you're not hypothyroid anymore. I mean, technically, you have it, meaning you have it and you need to be on the thyroid hormone for it, but it's solvable. Okay, so nobody should suffer once they're on thyroid hormones, and if you are, you're not being treated right by your doctor. They're missing an element. You're not on the right dosage or combination. Something's going on. But there are a lot of people out there on thyroid hormone who still suffer, still not feeling great. And I want to let them know that's not just you and that's just not how this works. You're not being treated right. You know, this is fixable. So that's the positive thing about all of this. It's completely fixable. It's just that the road there is tough with an uninformed doctor because you end up getting sicker. And, and, and more battered up in the process and then doctors then are trying, like for example, often people become very insulin resistant, possibly diabetic when they're hypothyroid. You get things like I was misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I didn't have, but it looked exactly like that. If you were a gyno and you were looking at the ultrasound, you'd say this is classically PCOS. Did I have PCOS? No, but yes. No, I didn't. Never had a problem since. But because the thyroid is the master gland and it affects the production and regulation of all of your sex hormones, things go off like that. That's why I was getting my period every two weeks. That's why I eventually developed a fibroid and a polyp in my uterus, which I had to remove. Would love to send the bill for that to those uninformed doctors that told me nothing was wrong. And, you know, so you will get a disease you would not otherwise have gotten while you're in a hypothyroid state. And there's where people are misdiagnosed and treated for depression, even bipolar disorder, high cholesterol, um, any other issues like even a PCOS or, you know, and then doctors are giving them metformin and giving them all the things to treat the thing that they wouldn't have gotten if their thyroid status was doing well. It's almost like you have this car and the thyroid is the steering wheel and you're getting all sorts of bills for fixing tires and engines and oil and alternators and shock absorbers and nobody ever looks at the wheel. They don't, and the gas really is, is T3. Yeah, <laughs> so, and the gas really uh, is that's, T3. That's really what it is. So the gas in the car is really T3, you know, um, and our free T3 levels and proper T3 levels, which a lot of endocrinologists, 99.9% .9 of them, I'm willing to make that bet, do not even test for it. So you have old doctors in the steeped in the outdated wisdom who aren't testing the stuff that matters. So therefore, all those patients are suffering. And then those patients think they're crazy because they keep coming back with the complaints. And the doctor's like, well, it's not your thyroid. And they're like, well, I'm tired, but I'm depressed. Well, I'm, and I will tell you this, one of the number one things doctors tell patients, and I'm sure people out there listening are just rolling their eyes when I'm going to say this, which is they'll say things like, well, they'll accuse people of having closet eating disorders. Because here you are gaining weight, you're getting fat, and you're dieting, and you're working out, and you're doing everything you can. The doctor looks at you and is like, mm, I don't really believe you. 
That is the number one horrifying thing that patients go through where they leave that office breakdown crying because the doctor is accusing them of something that's literally not true. They are gaining... I went from a, I'm a five, I'm five two, I'm a small person. I went from 115 pounds, 16% body fat to like 155 pounds, a little bit more working out two hours a day, eating less than a thousand calories and literally doing everything that I could. You, you, once it's, you can't control it. Diet won't help at that point. If you're seriously hypothyroid, you just keep getting bigger and bigger. It's very rare people don't gain weight but even the people that don't gain weight will have other horrific symptoms that are obvious like freezing hair falling out low energy um, and other issues but it's it's often the case that people will have a weight issue they'll start to notice you know where this extra 10 pounds come and it comes fast by the way you gain 10 pounds within like 30 days easily even in a couple of weeks and that's horrifying so you keep getting bigger and bigger then you're trying to outrun it, outwork it out. And then what you're doing is you're blowing out your adrenals even further, which are already suffering. And there's where hypothyroid patients get into a jam. Because once you start gaining weight, you know, you don't really know they might have hypothyroidism. So you're thinking, oh, I just need to work out a little bit more. I need to, you know, and you're in that process, you're actually injuring yourself even further. So often hypothyroid patients have horrible adrenal status and often low iron, but it's usually the adrenals get shot as well. Mm. So um, it's hard because hard to go undiagnosed because then you kind of end up causing more problems for yourself had a doctor just known better and said hey here's your issue chill out on the working out this is what we need to do and you'll be better you know what i mean and it takes and it, it seems like some of this can become just systemic and take years and years and digs you deeper into a hole with more and more diseases and more and more um, misdiagnosing and diagnosing symptoms versus causes and we have some more detailed questions about um you know, deficiencies and, and mm-hmm. adrenal status later on, I really want to dig into that. But yeah. So like you mentioned like hair loss and weight gain and, and fatigue. Um, are these all early symptoms or are there other symptoms that like people can look out yeah. for that, that maybe they would have, you know, like once it, you sure. know. Before your hair starts to <laughs> yeah. fall out. Like right. just well, like an I, yeah. early sign. There's a couple of them. So some of the earlier signs are things like temperature. People will notice that they're cold often when other people aren't. Uh, you know, always cold hands and cold feet all the time or just chilly when other people aren't. You know, you need a sweater and other people are like, what? And you're like, I'm freezing. So that, it, and that can be just detected through, you know, home. I tell everyone in my book how to take your temps properly to even assess thyroid status, which you can do through temperature. It's one of the things you can kind of do at home. So temperature is one big thing. Anything having to do with energy in the brain, and um, I mean not only just depression, I mean this general malaise where you give up on life, you're giving up on your dreams, you're overwhelmed by things like can't multitask. People who are hypothyroid, and this goes along with adrenals, because when you have crappy adrenal status, oftentimes you're really sensitive to light, smells, and sounds. So people are getting overly agitated, overreactive, or really just the idea of doing more than like laundry for that day. You know, if you had like five errands to run, if you're hypothyroid, that would make you cry at some Mm -hmm. point. You you couldn't Mm -hmm. even wrap your head around it. So a depression, an inability to handle stress on every level, and literally brain function, not being able to retain information. So for example, when I'm hypothyroid, so if I, for example, started lowering my medication, within a couple of weeks, I will be mixing up my words like a dyslexic. Mm. And I've never been dyslexic. And I'm a very fast reader. I'm a very, you know what I mean? I, I have a high level of comprehension when it comes to that. And I, uh, I, I will literally not know what to say. The words will come out jumbled. That's another example. If you're, if you're searching for words or you're speaking in a fumbled way often, now I do talk fast, so of course I fumble occasionally. But this is, this is something that's noticeable. When you feel like you're starting to get dumb, that's kind of an often, and I know that sounds weird, but people do say they're like, I feel like I'm getting stupid or I'm getting, and they think older stupid, but that's not the case. You don't age like that. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not in your thirties and forties. I mean, if you're like 80 and you're starting, I get it. But so, so that's the thing. Anything with the brain, if you notice someone's just given up on taking care of themselves and their hygiene and they're unmotivated or they're giving up on dreams and they're not as, you know, pursuing goals and uh, that's not that's an indication of low T3 because we have so many more T3 receptors in our brain than anywhere else. So mm-hmm. it really affects the 
the brain. I had a friend who thought later on down the road that my depression with hypo had come because I got fat. She didn't realize mm. until I described it to her later, and then she actually ended up having Hashimoto's, and this is why she resonated with it. She heard me talk about this, and then she said, I thought your, quote, depression during that time came because you got fat. Gosh. Which told it. Part of your depression is that you're getting fat and you can't control your body. That is very upsetting, but it literally is also happening. You are your your brain. It's happening to your brain. Your brain is suffering. It doesn't have enough T3. So it's not just that you're depressed because your body's falling apart. You're actually clinically, technically depressed. In fact, doctors who are smart sometimes treat patients with depression with T3 only. Hmm. Give them a little T3. So Again, you know, depression, that's a big one that comes up. So cold, temperature, acne, skin, bloat, weight gain, constipation, big one. Hypo patients are classically severely constipated to the point where even laxatives don't work that well. Mm -hmm. Then there's a whole list of 30, 40 symptoms I have in the book that are insane. It's and really I had in depth, all, yeah. yeah. And that ranges from like inner itching of the ears to infertility, gynecological issues, um, things like dry scaly skin on the index finger or heels. Um, it's, uh, your skin thickens, which is a horrible thing that happens when you're hypothyroid. Your, your skin literally thickens, and I can't even tell you what that feels like. So it's not a general, like when people end up gaining an extra 10 pounds and they're feeling like, ah, bummer, I'm, I'm a bloaty. When you're hypo and you're in that state, it's a different level. You literally want to jump out of your skin. You can't live in your own body. It's the worst feeling in the whole world. I, I cried multiple times, multiple days for years. It's, yeah. it's a horrible place to be when you're undiagnosed and no one knows what's wrong with you and everyone's looking at you. Sometimes you can't see these symptoms. So people think you're a hypochondriac, you know, right, um, right. your arm was cut off. People have more sympathy for you. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's one of Absolutely. those things. Absolutely. I have That's people. I have people crying in my waiting room daily and probably about 70% of the people I see are on prescription thyroid because I work with people in chronic pain. That's my specialty. So of course I'll be getting a lot of thyroid patients. I'm curious about some of the symptoms of hyperthyroidism because we, we kind of went into hypo. Are they very different? Yes. Uh, <laughs> they're the actual opposite. So for example, you'll have higher temps, sweaty, clammy, Oftentimes, lots of bowel movements, probably more than usual, and possibly even diarrhea, inability to keep weight on, um, higher heart rate, it affects the heart in a negative way. So people who have hyperthyroidism, if they took too much medication, you just chill out on the medication and you figure it out that way. But if you have hyperthyroidism, quote, unquote, naturally, that's usually caused by Graves' disease, and that's another mm. autoimmune condition, uh, condition that affects the thyroid, and that just causes it to pump out too much T3. That's very dangerous because you can have a heart attack. Um, that's the other reason why doctors are very afraid of direct T3 because they're like, oh, my God, it can affect your heart. You know, yeah, but not in the – if you properly dose it and you manage it conservatively – you're not overdosing yourself, right? So hyperthyroidism would be different. Now, in those cases, it's hard to treat with medication in the long term. If it doesn't resolve somehow and you try to uh, treat the autoimmunity, what happens is, is usually the answer is they either radiation on your thyroid to destroy it or they cut it out. And then in that mm. case, you will be hypothyroid and you will need to be on replacement, mm. thyroid replacement for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, for hyperthyroidism, there's not too many avenues there. And that's the, the bummer about that one. Yeah. Is it possible to keep swinging between hyper and hypo? Yeah, particularly if you are, if especially when you have Hashimoto's. Okay. So Hashimoto's, because uh, so that's an autoimmune disorder that affects the thyroid. It's technically not a thyroid problem, but it is, right? And so what happens is, is at any given time, and this is where paleo comes in because grains are absolute triggers of Hashimoto's um, antibodies. So if you have Hashimoto's, there are times when the immune system is attacking the thyroid ferociously and it might cause like overproduction or underproduction. So one week you could feel sluggish and depressed and uh, and then the next week, you know, and if this isn't a teenage uh, child, uh, then the parents are just chalking it up to like teenage drama. But that's something to look out for in teenage kids because that erratic behavior like that is, is, is sometimes a thyroid thing. Mm. And if you catch it early, if you catch Hashimoto's early, 
you can really keep it at bay without ever having to go on thyroid hormone replacement. And not that there's anything wrong with that. You can live, I, I will live the rest of my life on it. And lots of people live great lives on it. But you can kind of keep it at bay and try to, you know, prevent it from becoming full-blown through a paleo-primal lifestyle. And it's very often very successful if you're religious about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I grew up in Eastern Europe and, um, in, you know, something that's like the, the Midwest belt here where we have no iodine in the water. Right. That's why they call it the so, Goyer Belt. In our so country. this would never happen in America, but it totally did happen in communism. The, the school nurse would show up Monday morning and just come around and throw a little yellow pill on our desks and uh, we would have to take iodine. Mm. And it was just mandatory by the government in our area. And she would just stand there until you swallowed the damn thing, right? Like, that's how serious in communism they were about preventing goiter. And later on... I applaud them for that a little right? bit. Yeah. Right? And then they also gave us... Well, you fish... can't work hard. They, you... <laughs> they, also <laughs> gave... they also gave us fish oil once a week. We would have to show oh. up in winter with, like, you hold your hand out, and the nurse would put these little pallets in your hand, these little... I don't capsules. know, capsules, yeah. And uh, they also had us do UV uh, UV lights in winter. I mean, they, were, they just had it down. I, I'm like, I want to go to, to Eastern. What? That's amazing. Right? And, and then <laughs> communism doesn't sound so bad right now. And then communism went away, and the prevention that they were doing in schools stopped. And while I was still back home until five years ago, I was working very tightly with an endocrinologist that I would refer to, and he would just say how since then there's just been, because he's in his 70s, like, so he's seen all of this happen, just an explosion of thyroid disease since they stopped doing the iodine and the fish oil and the UV lights. And you're just thinking, gosh, how simple it is to start early, right? It really is. It, it just starts with nutrition and making sure levels are optimal. And... This is disproportionately a woman's issue. Men get it. I know several men who have thyroid issues, but it's it's one out of eight women will get it in their lifetime, okay? And it's it's that's no joke. And 25 plus million Americans have it. 200 million worldwide. The majority of them are, are women, and so part of that comes with if you are a menstruating female, which most females are, unless you have some weird situation you were born with. You know, if that if life goes naturally like that, then you bleed once a month, and in that case. Oftentimes, if you become a little hypothyroid, your body can't really hold on to certain nutrients like iron, and then you get deficient, or if you had heavy periods and you lost an, a lot of iron, even if you're a meat eater, you might not have been able to catch up. So things like over time checking ferritin, iron mm -hmm. storage levels, mm -hmm. and making sure they're between like, you know, 50, 90 to 100, you know, but for women, maybe 60, 65 is ideal. Um, that's just a stupid, real cheap test any woman can go check in on. That in and of itself can prevent a thyroid problem. So mm. just making sure some things are optimized can prevent that, you know. But honestly, our modern world with stress, and we can get into adrenals if you want or whenever, but that's a big factor as to why we all have thyroid problems. And also, even though they took away that program that you were talking about where you grew up, then I'm assuming the influx of crappy packaged foods moved in too. You know, oh there's my the God. right. So there's this yep. whole element. I mean, you, you know, I talk about it in my book, but you know, when you go to Hawaii, you really see American obesity because the small population on each island, but you see the level of obesity, the ratio of people, you just see it. They are not eating a native Hawaiian diet. The reason that's that way is because sugarcane came in, then rice came in, then you have McDonald's, then you have, right? And it's the same thing when it infiltrates your country island area. <laughs> well, even, if, even if you go to a um, quote-unquote traditional Hawaiian restaurant there, or if you go to traditional Hawaiian food here, it's obviously not traditional Hawaiian, unless you're thinking it's the, the tradition from the last 40, 50 years. Because right. <laughs> macaroni, like everything, you know, macaroni salad and um, big thing of bread and spam, and like on these are... Uh, you know. I never ate that except for taro root. You know, that's the only starchy root that they would eat and make into poi, and that is loaded with iron and potassium and nutrients, mm. you know, to have kept them strong and big. But they never got obese or had type 2 diabetes, you know. They were living a primal workout, the sunshine, right, fish, you know, fat, uh, coconuts, pork. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 sad when you see it, but it's um, part of that is – Type 2 diabetes also can lead to thyroid issues. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they seem to be, I, I 
barely know a person with thyroid disease who's not also insulin resistant. It seems like they're best buds. Yeah, you will become insulin. So then, you know, so then it's like, okay, so I went through this hypothyroid state. I either got out of it naturally or I got on thyroid hormone and treated it. So now what do I how, now what do I do? And that's kind of part of my book as well. It's like, well, now I'm insulin resistant. How do I reverse it? The only way to do that is to live a clean, organic, paleo, primal, low-carb lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You really want to reverse that. So again, I think people are confused. So they, they get on the thyroid hormone. They're feeling good. The The blood levels are good. Maybe even all their nutrient levels are good, but they still can't lose that excess weight or they're having trouble fat burning. And it's likely that they have become insulin resistant and need to really kick that into high gear. Mm-hmm. And that's where, of course, as you know, the confusion comes in. What diet do I do? What do, what do I do? Okay, I'll do something. South Beach, I'll do zone, I'll do, and you know you can just remain a sugar burner that way and never get anywhere, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That was the book that I wrote this book, because this is the book I was looking to find. You know, not only did I want... Now you can read it. Now you can read it. Now, not only did I want to see blood examples and blood work, like how should this stuff look like? What do I do if I have to look at this stuff? But also, all right, well, what do I do now that I'm screwed and I'm fat, I'm feeling better, but I, I, that's the number one complaint of all hypo patients who've gained weight when am i going to lose this damn weight when it is the most frustrating it's all the forms it's all you see i've been on thyroid for this long when am i going to lose the weight when it is so frustrating to not to try and not be able to lose weight it's horrible it is That's it a- is it is really devastating been there so you mentioned earlier that this is predominantly a female disease and i think you said one in eight what is the like how how many men I'm not sure the percentage of overall men who have hypothyroidism or who are treated, um, but they, they it's just not like, you know, classic that they get it often. Also, women, because we bear children, oftentimes either during pregnancy or after pregnancy, a woman's hormones can swing that way. Sometimes they become hyper after having a baby or they can become hypo if that's like the, the sleepiness from having a baby's lasting beyond a couple of months. So there, I think there's just more... We have a more sensitive system, and there's other stuff going on that you guys don't go through. You also don't lose blood like we do, um, so, although uh, maybe yeah. ancient battle you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than like uh, than menstruation, like what are I mean, are the symptoms for men going to be similar? Same symptoms, except for the symptoms that will come up with men will sometimes it'll be a hormonal thing. Will a man will start to get like kind of boobs a little bit? Like mm-hmm. you you would know as a guy. I mean, you're not going to be wearing a bra, but it's like you would notice that something's off there, you know, as well, low sex drive, mm-hmm. possibly not waking up with an erection. Mm-hmm. That's a telltale sign. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And because guys, that should be happening all the time to the guys out there, unless you're like way older. Um, but for the most part, that should be a sign. And usually what I found with a few guys I've dealt with is that's usually their DHEA being zero or like a 90 year old Mm. DHEA. They're having either trouble with joint pain issues, staying asleep or getting up in the night and then not waking up with an erection. So those would be some symptoms, but also feeling cold, energy, weight gain, all of the same symptoms are still applicable. Maybe maybe not the hair loss. Uh, That would happen too. I mean, almost every every symptom. Is it a different type of like, is it like sudden hair loss? Like I have like, I'm, I'm pretty much bald. Oh, but... right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that um, traditional, you know, hair loss for men like that. It, well, I mean, it, it, I don't think that someone would go completely bald with hypothyroidism, but it would be, it wouldn't be a balding scenario. It would be like, there's a lot of hair coming out in oh, the shower. Okay. And there's a, like, you know what I mean? It would probably still be growing. Yeah, I don't feel like it, my hair ever fell out. It just stopped coming in. So Right, right. And I think <laughs> those, that that's, yeah. Those follicles just gave up on me. With women, it's not just hair falling out; it's hair quality. So I have, um, I have a big, a big head of hair, and I have curly, kind of thick hair. And um, you will lose the curl in your hair. That's a sign if the curliness in your curly hair is gone. Also, the, the hair feels, and I, I know this is weird to say, but if you touch it, certain parts of it, it feels rubber bandy and bouncy, and like it'll break off in a second. Mm. It's a or straw, like it's a weird. It's a weird thing that's weird, so weird that when you notice it, you go, all right, this is not right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not just like having dry hair. No, it's like so, the life, it's like the life is taken out of it. Literally. And yeah. also acne. I had perfect skin my whole life. People would come up to me, compliment me on my skin. 
horrible acne, horrible stuff going on there. Again, this is all related to the hormones because this is the master gland controlling all the hormones. And then you can see why you'd end up with a problem. So now my hormones are all screwed up, right? Now I've got something that looks like polycystic ovarian syndrome or infertility or whatever whatever that gynecological case may be. Now they're treating me with hormones or whatever it is to solve that. They're never fixing the root of the problem. And so, again, those hormones are not going to get back into action until you fix the thyroid. So anyone out there short of true menopause, who's having issues with hormones, you need to revisit taking bioidentical hormone replacement and starting with the thyroid first. Because once you Mm -hmm. fix the thyroid, the symphony gets back in order. I had low Mm -hmm. testosterone twice. I've had issues where people gave me progesterone thinking I needed it, only hurting me more. That wasn't the problem. My thyroid was the reason my hormones were off. So it's a little bit of a waiting game. But the bottom line is if you get on the right path, six months to a year, you're great. Oh, That's not a long time in the grand scheme of That is so, so hopeful. And you know, you're making me think about myself, as we often do, because we're the center of our universe. Um, I was very sick in 2008, and pretty much all my hormones had flatlined, and uh, I lost my period for seven months. Mm. And no one said, hey, maybe it's your thyroid. We, I went and did all the hormone testing and they, you know, ultrasound, did an ultrasound on my thyroid and they said, well, your thyroid looks like it's been through something really rough because you can tell the, it was literally, it was literally what the, what the technician said. And then the doctor confirmed, said that we can see that the tissue has been damaged, but mm-hmm. there's no, and, and I did thyroid blood work every year religiously because there's hypothyroidism in my family. Everyone has Hashimoto's. But none of your blood work records and none of what we can find can prove that there's anything wrong with your thyroid. Even Hashimoto's test? Because usually if no, some... Zero. Really? No, zero. No antibodies, nothing. And then they said, we can never, we can't prove it. And I'm wondering if there's something they could have tested for that they didn't or a ratio that they didn't look at that if it was an informed doctor that was looking at it would go, oh, it's your thyroid. But, you know, well, I... Well, I, it might be, because here's the thing. There are two Hashimoto's tests. Sometimes the doctor only does one. And the thing is that sometimes people show up for both or just one or the other. So yeah. if one is negligible, they don't. you don't know yeah. necessarily that. Yeah. So there'd be two Hashimoto's tests to determine that. That is pretty definitive. If now again though here's the thing sometimes it'll show up and it'll be within the range so let's say one of the Hashimoto's tests called TPO yeah. is a range of like 10 to 35 let's mm-hmm. say um, and let's say um, or zero to 35 let's say your result is is 10 or 15 now that's within range but someone who has no autoimmune response it won't even show up as a number it'll show up like Negli- like non-existent kind of thing because you know what happened is and that's where people get in trouble too because the doctors go oh you don't have Hashimoto's this is fine but what that's saying yeah. is you're probably having some autoimmune response and that needs to be detected so again it's not just what's optimal right then yeah. there's between free t3 and reverse t3 but for Hashimoto's because see having your thyroid attacked and destroyed a little bit is a sign of the autoimmune because right. that's what happens. It doesn't happen right. in normal hypothyroidism. Your, your thyroid just kind of is dead or gives up or some signal gives up. But with Hashimoto's, your autoimmune system makes a mistake, you know, and your immune system makes a mistake and it starts attacking the thyroid gland. So if you're, so I'm wondering if maybe they didn't take the right Hashimoto's. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering that too because I lost more than half of my hair. All my hair got super thin. I gained 22 pounds in two weeks. And oh, I was just sounds like hypo. I I could not write, I could not speak, and I could not get out of bed. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned handwriting. That's another thing. <laughs> and so and Wait, so handwriting is another thing. I just want to point out that's right. a symptom too. I, I when you have when your brain hand dexterity is off and you have messy handwriting or you can't you're like ah uh, what's going on here? That's another sign too. That's yeah, the brain it was thing. Really, really, really bad. And and so looking back now, if I could jump in a time capsule and go back in time eight years and redo this, what could I have said or done differently to ask them to do something else in order to get to the bottom of it? Or if now, you know, modern time, I'm in America, who do you go to? Well, I have some references in my book to that, and I'm happy to send anyone who emails me a list of places to go find a right doctor. But I I would would say functional medicine doctors um, and anti-aging doctors. These are the people that 
go have gone above and beyond. They understand usually to test free T3. They understand these underlying elements. They understand how important vitamin D and iron and, you know, the MTHFR gene. And they understand the full picture. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so I would look for a functional medicine doctor. Absolutely. And um, if not, then an anti-aging doctor. Now, if anyone out there is curious, so the doctor on my book, Dr. Gary Forsman, he's a primal doctor and an integrative functional medicine doctor. Anyone could just go to his website, middlepathmedicine.com, look at his credentials, and then try to match that. Try to look for doctors mm-hmm. that have similar similar credentials. These are the people that spend an hour with you. They do in-depth testing, and they go above and beyond because there's more components to this. For example, I had a Someone I met at yoga a few years ago who got put on thyroid medication still wasn't doing well. And I said, well, she showed me her blood work, but it was incomprehensive. So I said, well, get these things tested like DHEA, B12, you know, ferritin. There was some just component vitamin D. She gets those tested. They all come back like, uh, oh, testosterone, like Mm -hmm. zero. Okay. So they all get all the tests are horrible. And her doctor actually apologized to her and said, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I should have tested you for these things. Your friend was right. Well, I shouldn't. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Your friend. These folks, you doctors, get on board, man. I'm not. Why was I right? And the doctor was, that's ridiculous. You know what? That is negligent. 600 hours. It's malpractice. That is is negligence. Like, I don't know what else to call it other than negligence. But they don't know what they, they only go with what they're taught 30 years ago. That's why I just want to say to everyone, endocrinologists are classically the worst doctors to go to. I warn everybody against going to an endocrinologist. They are the most indoctrinated. They don't test usually what matters. It's very rare. And even if they do test what matters, then they don't treat properly and mm. they have still have false fears that are outdated. Yeah. And again, they're just not going above and beyond. Anti-aging and functional medicine doctors go above and beyond. And sometimes DO, doctors of osteopathic medicine, mm. they are also sometimes very knowledgeable about this. Um, you know, so so you can go to the doctor and you can get treated with thyroid hormone, but maybe that's not it. And then that won't work well because you have low iron storage or your adrenals are screwed up mm. or you, right, et cetera, et cetera. So that's not going to help you. You know, you can give awesome. a patient all the thyroid hormone they want. Mm. Unless these other things are in the right position, you're yeah. going to have failure. And that's what keeps a lot of people sick. And ultimately, you have to be your own advocate. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm There's the perfect no example. Other way. There's no other way. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't suggest anyone, obviously, you know, it would be irresponsible to suggest that anyone take their health into their hands and do what I did. But there are millions of people that have done so already because of uninformed doctors. And um, I'm so grateful it worked, but people are often intimidated by doctors. Well, I wouldn't say you took your health into your own hands, but you took the responsibility and like, or you didn't give up. Like you continued to look and you looked for different doctors and different methods. And, but it sounds like you always went to different experts until you found an expert that could actually give you some results. Actually, no, I did it myself. Actually, I actually have, I, I, I never had a doctor help me throughout both bouts of hypothyroidism at all. I ordered my own thyroid hormone. I got my own blood work done either through a doctor that I used because of insurance just to get the blood test Mm. or tested it myself. I actually did do it myself twice. I dosed myself and fixed myself twice. The only time I found a doctor that was worthwhile was when I was writing my book. So actually Mm. writing my book was wonderful because then I met my doctor. Finally, I met the doctor (laughs) that I needed all those years and um he helped me with some other things uh he actually still doesn't treat my thyroid but we we work on all this other stuff and he found some things that had gone wrong during hypothyroidism that i then needed to correct so again Mm. very important um even though i was better there were things that went go wrong during hypothyroidism that sometimes cannot be corrected through just thyroid hormone or diet um so so that's why i say it's irresponsible to say someone to dose themselves and do Mm. this on their own but again you but, know now what they, I mean? but now they don't have to because now we have links and we Hopefully. have resources I don't want people of doctors. To. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. So there's Wait, so that's many. The point. That's why I wrote the book because I was like, I shouldn't have had to do this on my own. Why was I my own doctor? Why? Yeah. That just makes no sense to me. So, you know, that was enough to make me go, that's it. If it's happening to me and I had to go through this, this is happening to millions of people. And it is. So I wanted to keep people off that path of just getting worse and worse because they were undiagnosed and mistreated for years by these doctors. But back to advocate, you really have to speak up. These people are working for you. And just because someone has a Harvard medical degree means nothing, means nothing. You don't just take someone's word for it. And I want to throw this out there. Most people I talk to who are already on thyroid hormone, maybe still not doing well, 
they have no idea how the thyroid works. They have no idea what hormone they're taking or how it even, they have no idea. So everybody out there, no matter what you get diagnosed with, you have to step up and you have to learn about this. It's, it's really irresponsible otherwise, because you could often help your doctor help you. And also research, know what's going on. Someone just tells you you have the thyroid problem, take this pill. I mean, you just walk away and go, all right, I guess. No, look into it. How does this work? Research it. Learn all that you can. You might not be treated right. You might be able to help yourself get even better. So I think educating yourself on whatever affliction you've been told you have is the smartest way to go because Mm. you cannot rely on doctors to fix you. You really can't. It's a partnership. Or in my case, I did it myself, but um, it is a partnership. Well, it's hard because in Western or modern society, we're pretty much we're pretty trained to trust your doctor, right? And for the, for to a large degree, you know, I still trust my doctor, but there are things that doctors aren't like aren't trained in, and so they they can only you know they can only help us with the things that they're trained in, right? So I have a doctor in my family. We have good friends that are doctors, and you know they acknowledge some of these things as well. So it's 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 good to hear that there are some alternatives but what do you say to somebody who like they they're they've gone to the doctor and they trust their doctor and they're just doing what their doctor tells them but they don't know the next step they don't know that there's an option and i don't want to dissuade them from just abandoning their doctor because their doctor really does mean well they just don't know what they don't know um check your doctor's work (laughs) right i mean if if you I'm not saying just go well to blindly listen to any doctor, I, 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 I even as much as I love and trust Dr. Forsman, who's a primal doctor, very knowledgeable, I still am going to research or question anything he suggests to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's just standard protocol everyone's got. And you know what? He would say that I should do that. And he, mm. should, he would say that I should follow my gut. If he says, hey, take 200 milligrams of this. And my, I'm saying to myself, ah, I want to start off with 50. He would say, then do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different way of looking at things. So anyone just blindly trusting a doctor, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to say this, and it sounds harsh. It's stupid, folks. It's really stupid. Um, you have to be a partner no matter what. It's not to say that you can't listen to your doctor, but then you need to go home and you need to research. What, what is this thing he's giving me? What is this affliction? You know, maybe I need to buy some books on this subject. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be something you find that you realize your doctor missed. So I think, and then people in the end, here's the thing, in the end, you do look back and you do feel dumb. You're like, I should have, I really should have. And again, this is not about blame or it's just about taking responsibility, right? It's, I never asked that doctor then either. Well, is he even testing my thyroid, right? How did, what does that mean? What did he, what did he test? What is he doing? And you know, I didn't, I didn't look into it. So I just kept taking birth control. I mean, you know, I mean, I made my situation even worse by listening to my doctor and got even sicker and remained undiagnosed for two years. So it's how quickly do you want to get better? Mm-hmm. That's really it. And if you want to get better the fastest way possible, you do everything you can on top of what your doctor is advising you to, including double checking their work, getting second opinions, right? And, and really participating. But I think we walk in there, like you said, um, Roland, you just walk in and you, you were like, just fix me, help me, you know? Um, now again, talking about our world, you go to the primal docs website or paleo physicians network, and you know, you're probably going to find some more people that understand nutrition but what most doctors don't even know about nutrition so here someone has Hashimoto's they go in they're getting treated on thyroid hormone they still have really high antibodies but they can't feel them because they're treated they're feeling great meanwhile they've got underlying inflammation going on that could lead to a host of more autoimmune problems cancers and more yet the endocrinologist over here doesn't realize that diet has everything to do with those antibodies and if they just told their patient hey lay off of grains gluten, you know, dairy and sugar, those antibodies would drop. Sometimes they drop from a thousand to ten. And that is the goal when you have Hashimoto's particularly, is to always keep those antibodies as low as you can. Most doctors don't even know you can do anything about that. It's almost like a So that's that would keep someone sick, even if they were doing well and feeling great and had no idea. So, you know, and right. that's happened so many times with Hashimoto's patients. Mm. They didn't know they could do anything about the antibody levels and the doctors just figure, well, this person has Hashimoto, so they're always gonna have these antibodies here and they fluctuate and whatever. Right. No, not whatever. Right. right. So just a little bit as we 
we can keep talking for hours and hours and hours. Um, there's a little bit about a little bit about diet and especially those insidious products that are everywhere in our food supply that are increasing or worsening our thyroid conditions and that are so easy to remove. It's almost like stop stabbing yourself with a knife, you know, right. and things are actually going to heal. So for me, I know because of my own family history and my own path with, with healing my body, I am grain free and I feel amazing when I'm grain free, but I used to be vegan and vegetarian. So it's been a long path from my teenage years to my late thirties to become, you know, a fat burning omnivore. <laughs> and, right. and, Congratulations. Had, had I not felt horrible as a vegan and as a vegetarian, had I not felt horrible and like I'm falling apart because of my other convictions, I would have never found this way of eating. But my body was just falling apart. Yeah, so diet and lifestyle. So, so here's why the paleo primal lifestyle ancestral goes hand in hand with this. There's there's several couple of the basic reasons are it is the ultimate in blood glucose management, period, end of story. Okay, it just is. We all know that if you go low carb, high fat, moderate protein, you are bound to not only you can reverse type 2 diabetes, you can reverse insulin resistant, but it is the ultimate in blood glucose management. On top of that, when you become a fat burner, it is also the the ultimate in adrenal balancing. When you're a sugar burner and you're eating every two, three hours, you're on the zone South Beach, eat every, you know, five meals, snacks a day or whatever that is, and you think you're keeping the insulin steady because that's what you've been told, but you're really in a sugar burning state. Every time, if you don't eat right on time or, or you know, that's why people get cranky, right, if they've gone three, four hours mm -hmm. without food, mm -hmm. that crankiness, right, is a drop in blood sugar. And then what happens? Your adrenals respond because they see that as a problem. So you're, then now, now your cortisol, now you've got weight around the middle. That's where your tire comes from. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So paleoprimal, getting fat adapted. And, and again, we could talk forever about this, but I'll just quickly say that the misconception is that paleoprimal is a list of foods you eat. And that could not be farther from the truth. It is switching from a sugar burning to a fat burning phase. You could be a sugar burner and eat all the fruit. Fruit is on a paleoprimal food list. You could eat a ton of fruit and still be a sugar burner. You could eat overeat protein and be a sugar burner. Mm. So this is about getting fat adapted and running on. And when you're running in that state, you have the ultimate in adrenal balance and glucose management, which is great for your thyroid because if the adrenals are responding to a threat, inflammation, these swings in blood sugar, the thyroid will chill out and go, whoa, we don't want to make this person hypermetabolic by giving her more T3. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes with people that have, would have a natural thyroid issue. Let's say you're training through a marathon and, uh, you know, not only are you excessively doing chronic cardio, but maybe you're not, you're a little bit underweight or you're not eating as much. Now the body, see the primal perspective is, okay, she's running from danger and she's starving. So yeah. we are going to make her hypothyroid because we don't want her to have a sex drive and get pregnant. And not only that, we do not want to make her hypermetabolic while she's freaking out right now or in a state of inflammation. Mm. So, so uh, this is extremely primal. Okay. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, low carb, bad for thyroid. Not at all. We would not even be here today. Procreation would have never happened if a high fat, moderate protein, low carb lifestyle was bad for us and the research is out there you know can mm -hmm. tell you as a primal health coach and you guys know the research too so not only is it the ultimate in that but it also eliminates the triggers for Hashimoto's such as grains dairy and sugar we know those three things particularly grains and then someone goes well I'll go gluten-free and then they eat the gluten-free thing that has the cornstarch in it and then there's corn glutens again you got to eliminate it. You got to mm. eliminate it. That's yeah. not to say you can't have a cheat and be Hashimoto's and have a real pizza crust every now and then. Yeah. It's just that. So what you'll see is you will see someone go primal paleo and those antibodies, at least with my friend in my book, who's one of the success stories, she, her antibodies went from 300 down to 25. She's never seen them that low in her entire life because no one ever told her. And she goes to a doctor of osteopathic medicine who did the little like spectra cell test, who does, who gets 99% of it. Yeah. But that doctor's still missing that other part that she needed to know about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just it also holding the bigger perspective that we're all humans. And the way the human brain works is you can only have so much focus, right? And maybe, maybe there's just a really well-meaning doctor who is not thinking about a particular thing at the moment that you really need it. And then why isn't every doctor giving out your book? 
right? Eventually, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, also, why is How... the doctor prescribing paleoprimal lifestyle in this way of living? Um, so... It is because they just don't know. Why is the American Diabetic Association publishing recipes for rice pudding with condensed milk? Why? I don't, oh, it's, it's, I don't understand. Yeah, but. it's funny because it's a pro, our government food pyramid is, and also, by the way, so it's in my book, I went to a doctor in Hawaii, and they had the Pacific Diabetes Education Organization had a poster on, like, here's what you should eat that's healthy, and it tells you to eat 6 to 11 servings of grains a day along with 2 to 4 servings of fruit. Hi, you're making people diabetic. That would give me diabetes. That's what they feed mice in lab conditions to make them diabetic so they can test them. Right, so here's the here's the poster from the diabetes organization pushing diabetes. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So, Gosh. you know, you, you, people have to, you know, you, if you want the answers, going to a standard doctor or looking up our food pyramid is not going to do it. Yeah. You've got to delve into this, particularly, you know, because honestly, if someone has type 2 diabetes, wow, is that reversible, guys, Gosh. everyone out there. It's so reversible. Even if you're already on insulin, it's reversible. And it's worth getting with a, a primal paleo physician, someone who, or, you know, ketogenic doctor, someone who really understands that. Because why why go down that road and have to inject? You're mm. just asking for a host of problems in yeah. the future. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about movement? Um, because there's this yeah. catch-22 with, with thyroid disease where, you know, you want to move because it helps with a lot of the mental aspects of, you know, having... The, the mental energy and strength to to be to live life but you don't have any energy and then oftentimes what i see with with my hypothyroid clients is they do so much there's so much focus on cardio they have convinced themselves that they have to get their heart rate up and then they're down on themselves so they can't do it is there a good approach or a gentle approach to kind of stepping into a movement program and what are the benefits well, uh, let's start off with the concerns, which is if you're a hypothyroid and you are not yet optimized on either medication or have fixed it naturally yet, I hate to say it, but it's a matter of like there's there's no cardio involved in there. You, you will hurt yourself. You'll make that, that path to wellness a lot worse because you are tapping into your adrenals. And it might feel better. You might go work out and go, well, I feel a little bit better after workout, right? That's because you're getting a cortisol surge. That's actually not a feeling you want. Technically, you know, in that moment, uh, that can actually be an unhealthy thing for a person in that state versus a healthy thing for someone like me who would go sprinting, right? And then it, the release of those stress hormones is a positive thing. Again, it's about trying to get ahead of that weight gain that people have when they're hypothyroid or just because it makes them feel well. I say always, while you're healing, you got to stick to light walking and real light yoga because level two, three yoga that's in vinyasa flow and intense can tap the adrenals in a negative way if you're suffering. Mm. The whole point of this is to make sure the adrenals are healing along with thyroid because usually those things have to go hand in hand if someone's hypothyroidism has been left un marked for a while and they've been struggling for a while if you catch it quick you know usually it's not an issue right but if you a lot of people don't catch it quickly because of the uninformed doctors so it's like you have to go really really light you have to go and the thing is is that it doesn't feel like you're doing anything but you just have to know right now my body's not going to burn fat no matter what i do so i have a choice am i going to piss it off or am i going to you know so it's really like a lot of people can't get out of bed in the morning. It takes three hours to really even get motivation. That's that's a sign of horrible adrenal status. And in those situations, a person needs to go light because you're actually hurting yourself more. So you're taking two steps forward and you're taking five steps backwards if you're hypo and you're over-exercising. And I did that myself, uh, and I didn't know better. And you can really hurt yourself, you know, and, and become more insulin resistant because of all the cortisol and everything that you're tapping into. Um, and the reason we have the adrenal problems as hypo is because you have no energy coming from zero T3 and the output of your thyroid. So your body has to get energy from somewhere. And that's why you crave carbs and crave sugar. And that's why the adrenals. And you'll notice often that first sign is a big fat tire on the waist. When I had a reverse T3 problem and I didn't realize right away it was thyroid related, that was the one thing that that showed up right away. Like I got so fat around my middle and I was like, what is happening? Like what? And then I started to get other hypo symptoms and I was like, how can this happen? I'm on thyroid medication. How, how is this happening? Mm. Uh, so stress of the modern world too. Um, so it's about de-stressing light movements while you're healing. And I talk about a few protocols in the book. I mean, once you're going along the route and you're healing or getting on thyroid hormone 
replacement would takes a while to get optimized. You don't just get your optimal dose on the first shot. It takes, you know, a few months. You got to gradually increase it depending on what you're on. Then you can kind of graduate up as you get more energy. You know what I mean? But people are so wanting to lose that weight they gain. So they just want to go work out. And then the moment they feel a little bit better, they're like, ah, I'm going to go do a marathon. And again, that's just, again, like we always talk about in this community about slowing things down. It's a hard message to take. Because the mind says the harder you work out, the faster you'll burn that fat, mm. the more you sweat. And it's actually the opposite. And we know that, you know, but people don't still know that right now. And they have to learn that. And then, you know, hopefully I did a good job of explaining why that is the case in my book. It's it's a tough thing, though. And again, some people are like, well, I can't not work out. And it's like, fine, then walk. Then just go for a walk. Don't go mm. above 3.5 on the treadmill, you know. Keep it at a chill pace. Do what you can. And if that's walk to the mailbox and back and then you're just laying on your force stretching around and just kind of doing, you know, half-assed yoga moves on your floor, that that's enough while you're healing. Yeah. So well, we have a tough this, one to tell people not to work out. But well, we have a lot of the same issues with some of our clients and readers who, who are, well, are likely not not having issues with their thyroid. Just people have a mindset you know, in the modern day that, exercise has to be like super hard and super long and every day and what but they forget that you know we as a people we you know exercise is a modern day invention before you know the last several hundred years people just did work and they played right. and there was no exercise program unless you were what's at the top of that mountain let's go see <laughs> yeah so unless, unless you were some sort of a soldier or something like that there was probably no or a gladiator yeah no working right. out no working out yeah yeah i i doubt there were that many female professional fighters you know throughout the centuries um but you know today like i have you know friends that are hairdressers that do crossfit i'm like what is happening like why why well, crossfit why? i i i'm gonna just jump in right there there's nothing wrong with crossfit what's wrong with it is the way people do it mm -hmm. you're doing that five days a week good luck everybody you're a sugar burner you are yep. going to have problems you're going to injure yourself um, you know, for people that are really ill and not doing well, some of the things they can do to graduate beyond even just walking, if that's too hard for them, because that actually is the case with people that are really shot, is maybe it's just you do a closet clean out one day that takes an hour and that's enough exercise of mm. movement. You know, mm. maybe it's just like, I'm going to go clean the floors. Seriously, like you can do things like that within your house. Or maybe it's, I'm going to stand as much as I can while I watch this TV show. Mm. And maybe you only stand for 10 minutes and you can't. But at least you know so there's little things you could do yeah. even in worst case scenario but rest is really important um while you're healing and healing the adrenals and you know i'll throw out sea salt vitamin b complex and vitamin c huge for adrenals and those are you know uh non-offensive supplements anyone can take absolutely and and just as somebody who works with you know chronic pain and, and chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and adrenal fatigue and that's my specialty what i do in my in my studio with movement daily a big thing is once you guys start feeling better because you will be reading Elle's book and you'll be getting better once you start feeling better really kind of nurture and almost like hoard your energy you get a surge of energy you don't have to clean the whole house because you haven't right, done it point. in two years great and point. one great thing to do is to set a timer on your phone so say okay i'm going to go for a walk and i'm only going to walk for 20 minutes and i want to see how i feel instead of going for a hike because you miss hiking and i get it but you can burn through those new reserves that your adrenals are building very quickly if you don't manage them well. It's almost like, you know, you hear about those young people who get an inheritance and then blow through it in like six months and like here's 50 exactly million gone. Exactly the analogy, yeah. So you want to you wanna become a good master of your energy. And sometimes we think, oh, it's just exercise or cleaning or physical work that exhausts us. Social contact is also very exhausting. You go to a party and you stay there for five hours, you might feel like crap for two weeks after. So set a timer, stay for an hour and a half, go home, do some meditation before you go to bed. You know, I like that you mentioned that because that made me think of something that happened the other day, which is also be aware of what you watch and put into your subconscious. Because, so for example, there's this new movie out with Tom Hanks about, you know, Sullenberger, the pilot who landed into the Hudson. You know, true story. I had my heart rate monitor on. Oh my God, it was like at 110 oh. the whole movie because oh. it's a it's 
this is just one of those movies, right? Now, again, <laughs> I can handle that. I, I can handle that. But if your adrenals are shot, stay away from the murders, the rapes, the CSIs, the, the high stress, anything like that. Because even watching, or, or maybe it's literally watching CNN, MSC, Fox News and screaming at the TV, whatever it is, that is also absolutely <laughs> yeah. tapping your adrenals. So yeah. you, you got to really filter while you're healing. You have to filter what's coming in because those things can real trigger sensitive adrenals. Do you know what I mean? And and be an unhealthy thing. Like you, you just think you're watching a movie and chilling out and your body's in a stress. stress. Right. And I remember because I was like, oh, my God. And I used to be afraid of flying at one point. So I'm sure that kind of came up. But I looked at my heart rate monitor and it was like off the charts and it was just because of the on edge feeling of the movie, which didn't make me feel horrible, but I noticed that difference. So that was a surge of adrenaline and cortisol going in there and that's not healthy if you're trying to heal. So I would say beware of what you consume in Absolutely. Your... And and just, just really becoming aware that you are in an environment, you know, you're not this closed system that just communicates with itself. So your health is your response to everything around you, you know, between, you know, the thoughts you have and the movies you saw and the news you read, all of that and the party you went to and even positive things like I have relatives coming in. I haven't seen them in five years. Even positive things can can really, really tap you out. Yeah, it's overwhelming. And I want to throw out one time you mentioned fibromyalgia. For people out there suffering, that's absolutely related to thyroid, number one, and also excess fibrinogen in the blood, which is something that I had, and I had fibrocystic breasts as a result of it. I took systemic enzymes. It went away. Excess fibrin in the blood is something that can happen when you're hypo and also happens to people who have fibromyalgia and could be the answer to their solution. So I just want to throw out if anyone suffering or know someone of fibromyalgia, get fibrinogen tested, fibrinogen activity, and look into talking to a functional doctor about systemic enzymes. Um, that often, I mean, it was a lifesaver for me, and I just thought that that was something I'd have to personally deal with. Like, oh, well, my breasts just get lumpy every month, and this is how it works, and I, they're painful, and this is how it is. And it's not, you know, and your boobs are a great warning system that we all have for women out there and even men. But in general, I just feel like fibromyalgia and thyroid problems are very closely related. So anyone even with fibromyalgia needs to really assess thyroid status properly. Um, also, chronic pain. I had when I was hyper, I've been hyperthyroid on too much medication and I've been hypo. Both scenarios can give people hip pain, sciatic, a lot of issues that come up as chronic pain, and it's really related to your thyroid levels. So sometimes it's that. People think they're getting old and creaky and breaking down, and it's really your thyroid. Um, so I, I challenge anyone who's got real musculoskeletal issues. Tendonitis shows up often when people are hypothyroid and other carpal tunnel and some other inflammatory issues. So again, an, an, almost any issue that anyone's having, you look at thyroid first. Mm -hmm. I, it's the first thing to look at, you know, just immediately go there and eliminate that possibility. And then you go down the list from there because it is the master gland. Awesome. So that's, that's for everyone, depression, whatever it is, high cholesterol issues, check your thyroid first. So much hope. Awesome. So much hope. Awesome. We have so we covered so much, and um, we really thank you for coming on and, and sharing with our listeners. What is, I mean, other than your book, of course, which we're going to definitely link in the show notes. Uh, the, and what is the best way for them to find out more about you? I would just go to lruss.com, E-L-L-E-R-U-S-S.com. And you can also, on iTunes or online, check out the Primal Blueprint podcast. We're going to be having you on soon, so that'll be great. Um, yeah, you can go to my website, and from there you can connect, not only see a bunch, listen to a bunch of podcasts, find out about me and my writing and coaching, but also uh, connect to me on social media from there. Great. And so I exciting. love your podcast. It's, it's one of the, the Primal blueprint podcast is one I've been listening to for years and uh, recommend to all of our friends. It's been just like everything with uh, the Primal Blueprint, Mark's Daily Apple, things like that, and you, you're just so approachable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and the book is just so gorgeous and inspiring. I am planning to give away many copies this Christmas. Yeah, so one of the things people say is like, your book's so beautiful. And I was like, yeah, I wanted to, you know, when you're suffering, 
life sucks. It, it's really <laughs> horrible. And I just wanted people to go, like, I love Hawaii. So all the photos were, if you notice, you know, from yeah. Hawaii and tropical, I just wanted to create like a lovely, like, just get your mind off of it for a minute, even though you're reading it, something aesthetically pleasing and, and hopeful and bright. Cause that's the way I feel now. And I'm going to tell everyone out there, I used to be a miserable person who suffered seven years of my seven years of my six seven years of my life were completely destroyed and ruined from hypothyroidism i don't want anyone to have that happen to them and not only that but the way i feel now oh my gosh there's days i cry out of gratitude just remembering mm. my former self you know that was sick and i i think and so i want to mention too as you guys know you get a health problem like this, there's a great ending to it. You persevere, you get beyond it, and it will be a blessing in some way, whether that eliminated certain friends that didn't help you and weren't there for you while you, you know, or whether it's, you know, anything else it can heal relationships. It can, um, it can also destroy them, but it is, it's one of those things like any, you know, health issue, it can be such a positive. And so I just want to give people a little bit of hope there. There's, there's a reason for this. And at the end, you'll find something positive out of it once you're better. What a great way to wrap that up but thank you for saying that that's where it's gonna it's gonna be you know i think saying something like that positive is uh it will give people a lot of hope there's so much hope you guys i i read Elle's book and i just had i could not get the faces of the people in my life who will get better reading it and taking the steps super excited and hopeful and Elle, i'll keep you posted and all the success stories in my circle yay thanks so much for having me <laughs> thank you thank you Remember to subscribe to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast. Then head out to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play and give us a rating and a review. It helps other people just like you find our show.